Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. All right, today we're going to be talking about um, some things that I believe are very important for right now. Very important for this hour because I do believe God is moving in a major way and there, there are some things that we need to be ready for. Some things uh, pertain to the Holy Spirit and the move of God. Um, we'll call that uh, the Holy Spirit and signs and wonders. You know, um, God does desire to flow in the Holy Spirit. He doesn't simply desire an intellectual faith. He never has. If that's what he wanted, he could have just had a Pharisee. He wants people that have heart connections and beyond that, that desire communion with the Holy Spirit and, and that demonstrate the Holy Spirit. He loves to do signs and wonders. God loves to demonstrate himself and he loves to minister to us in power. Second thing we're going to talk about today is the problem with blessings. Okay, so blessings aren't a problem, but we can make them a problem. Okay, so I want to talk about that just a little bit because um, I think we really need to pay attention to that right now because of what's getting ready to happen. And thirdly, I want to talk about the need for focus and realignment. We always have to realign ourselves, refocus. It's a continual process. And whether you're in the desert in a dry time or whether the Holy Spirit is moving like crazy, you're going to have to always focus and realign with God. It's just part of life. Um, someone has said, I think it was actually uh, someone in our church once said something like, you know, if you're going down the road and um, you're on the right road, um, but you don't make tiny little adjustments the whole time, you'll be in the ditch really soon. Okay. And I'm still not trusting these satellite driving, you know, these cars, uh, when, you know, but that would be amazing if we could just sleep the whole way. But you definitely can't sleep with God. You're going to have to be alert. You're going to have to pay attention and you're going to have to realign a little bit all the time. Okay, so let's start out at John chapter 6. And we look at John chapter 6. We're going to look at an example of, of just a little segment of the Bible, of a, which is really a, a, just a history of, of some of the ministry of Jesus. And we want to see these three things in this chapter. So we're going to start out with just verse 1. After these things... Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and then a great multitude followed him because they saw the signs which he performed on those who were diseased. Now, that's really interesting. And uh, one of the reasons that's interesting is because some people would say that's a bad thing. And some people say it's not a bad thing. So what do you say? Is it a bad thing that they followed him because they saw signs? You know, is that a bad thing or a good thing? Don't you don't have to answer here in, in public since we have thousands online. Um, but the Bible never says that was a bad thing. As a matter of fact, later in the chapter, later in the story, which was the next day, Jesus actually commends them for, for this part of what they're doing, okay? So what are they doing? They are um, following the Lord 
and they're seeing him do signs and wonders. But guess what's happening? They're seeing a miracle and they're going, and they're not going, oh, I want to see another miracle. I want to see, can you do another magic trick? They're not doing that. See, you need to understand this. When God moves, it's not people going there to watch magic tricks. It's people that go, wow, God's real. God's, that's amazing. God's, you see, that's what happens when God does signs and wonders. And when people are following God and they see signs and wonders, that is the right response. You see, we're supposed to be that way. Signs and wonders and miracles shout the testimony of God. I can tell you something, but if I show you and you see it, it shouts what I might have been saying. I've heard of many people that go to parts of the world where nobody is accepting the gospel you know, n nobody hardly believes and they'll share and then a miracle will happen. And all of a sudden, everybody goes, whoa. <laughs> I heard a story once where um, I believe it was in India. There was this little open air thing outside and uh, there was a group of people on one side and all the, the other side was segregated. All the Muslims were on one side and, and the Muslim lady, um, it was a Muslim lady. She got a miracle. And when that happened, that one thing, the whole crowd on that side began to come to the Lord. Something just broke when they saw God loved them and God's real. And, and it's just, I mean, it not only is like God's real, but when you see God do a miracle and he's healing someone, I mean, it's amazing that, to see how much God loves people because God just does it because he wants people to see. You know, isn't that interesting when, when Lazarus was dead, Jesus goes, I'm glad he died. I'm sure glad because you're going to believe even more when I raise him from the dead, right? So what he's saying there is, yes, I pray. I, I, I do it just to see people healed. But you know what? I love to do the miracles because they show me. They show me. And I like, I like it too because you, know, you remember in, with that story with Lazarus? Do you remember? It says people started going to the house when Jesus was there with Lazarus. And it says they were going not to just see Jesus, but they wanted to see Lazarus. I, I mean, I would too. How many of you would want to go see Lazarus if he'd been dead five days? You know what I mean? And you'd say, man, is it real? Are you, are you sure you were dead? I was dead five days. What do you mean? What happened, when, what happened when you were gone? I wish the Bible would tell us this, but I think we'd probably emphasize it too much. We'd be preaching on that like all the time. And he, he, I bet he was going, man, I met so-and-so there. I met so-and-so. God was doing this, and I saw this, and then I did it. You know, and I just, I can imagine why they wanted to go talk to Lazarus. I mean, he had had an experience. He was one of them. But anyway, and it says, when they left him, it says, many believed. Many believed because of seeing the miracle of Lazarus. And many people will believe when the Holy Spirit moves and touches lives, and when he does miracles. I can tell you when the Holy Spirit falls in a place, in a heavy way, more people are going to get saved. It's just going to happen. When the Holy Spirit comes on whoever's preaching or whatever's, or in the worship, when the Holy Spirit is present, is present more happens, more salvations, more insight comes to people. More people can go, oh man, that, this is amazing. 
I, I've had many times when people come up to me and go, man, that was so amazing. Thank you for that word. And when, when this really ministered to me. And I go, I didn't share that. You know, it's like I said something, but God drove in the point they needed to hear by the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, the more the Holy Spirit increases, the more our experience in the things of God increases and the more we love it and the more people are going to come to Christ. Listen to what Jesus says. In John 10, he goes, even though you don't believe me on what I've been saying, for example, you don't believe me, believe on the count of the works so that you may know and understand that the Father's in me. So what he's saying is this. Look, you don't believe what I've been preaching? If you don't believe me, believe from what I've done. Look at the testimony. What he's saying there is the works of God themselves are a testimony and a preaching. Are you all with me? They are speaking. They're always saying something. Another verse, he goes this. Unless you see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. There is a level of doubt and unbelief that will always be there until signs and wonders begin to show up. And then it pops people out of their doubt, pops people out of their pessimism, and brings them into a place of believing and trusting. God is real. Man, God is real. God does things. God's with us today. And there's some people that won't get saved. Some people will not get saved unless they see signs and wonders. I believe that. And it says this, Woe to you, Jesus said this, Woe to you, you cities who have rejected me. If the works that were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Sackcloth and ashes represents a deep work of repentance. I mean, it's not like a casual, no, you're, you're ripping your, your clothes and putting sackcloth. You're, you're like, oh, God, I'm so sorry, God. We have sinned against you, God. He's going, if these people had seen this, had they had the testimony that you have had, they would have repented and turned around. Man, what a powerful, powerful word Jesus said right there. Now, that little capsule of information tells me a couple of things. First of all, religious people, people that know the Bible or Scriptures, can be some of the most difficult to reach and pop out of their unbelief. They're used to something. They think they already know something. They're confident and prideful about what they know right? oftentimes, right? These Pharisees, they knew more scriptures than anybody. You remember that guy that got healed? He got his eyes. He, he was able to see. And then he goes, and they're, go they're going, hey, bring him here. And the Pharisees are talking to him and say, who healed your eyes? Some guy called Jesus. He didn't even understand who Jesus was. I mean, Jesus did a miracle like that. Some guy named Jesus. Uh, and then they begin to ask questions. He can't do that. He's a sinner. And, well, I don't know. Um, and anyway, it's a really funny story. And he, start, he begins to be sarcastic with these Pharisee leaders, which that was a real bold thing because I can tell you right now, the church was political. And if you're going to start coming against them with that, you're saying stuff like that, you're going to get kicked out. He just didn't care. <laughs> His parents then came and they're very nice. They don't want to get kicked out of the synagogue. They're going, oh, 
Oh, we know that's our child. We know he was blind, but we don't know how he got healed. You ask him, he's old enough. He'll tell you himself. They didn't want to get kicked out. But anyway, this guy gets this miracle. And they say, you ones that don't know the Scriptures, you're cursed because you can't see that this man is, is not of God. And this guy, he goes, well, I don't know that much. All I know is I was blind and <laughs> I was blind and now I see. I want you to understand, look how faith works. This man, he's got faith on the inside of him. It's inexplicable. And then, and then Jesus, it says Jesus comes and seeks this man out later, right? And, and Je- Jesus starts talking to him. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is the Lord that I can believe in him? I, I'm the one. Da, 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 da. And it says he believes just like that. I mean, you mean that guy believes he's not a Pharisee? He didn't know all those scriptures. He didn't know all that. that, that. He, he just believes. He knows it's real. There's something on the inside. It's just as clear as it can be to him, right? He knows this is the Savior. He knows it's the one. He knows it. But guess what? All those that had all that knowledge didn't know it. They, they, they couldn't get it. But yet they're walking around with all that stuff they know, and they can tell everybody they know better than they do. This is the craziest thing. Second thing that I see about that verse is some of the most hardened people will change when the power of God shows up. Tyre and Sidon, he used that example because they were like known to be like sinful cities, right? So he's using that and going, you know what? When the power of God shows up, you can see the most crazy people not serving God get saved. And you go, oh man, I never thought they'd get saved. You ever have somebody in your life that even though you know God can save anybody, you're thinking, yeah, but it would be a miracle if they get saved, though. Right? I'm telling you, um, when the power of God shows up, God will do amazing things. I tell you, every time I see someone like that come to the Lord, I just love it. I just love it. Someone that everybody will go, uh, man, I would have never thought he'd have come to the Lord. Someone recently um, I'd almost share if he's here. This, he's not here today. But anyway, someone recently came to the Lord, and I joked with him. I mean, it's like some people are like, hey, man, we, that's, a, that's a miracle. Man, nobody would have ever thought that guy would have come to the Lord. And I, you know what? I just love that. I love to, <laughs> to see God work with people like that. Now, I just want to confess, I was one of those hard-headed people, but I was, I was even worse. I was one of those religious people. I thought I knew so much, you know. But um, the power of God, I, I went to a meeting. I was searching, but again, I thought I knew so much. Man, I, I was so prideful. And um, did you know you can grow up and learn things in church, and then you can get prideful about you, what you know, and you still don't know God. You, you, are y'all with me? Anyway, I thought I knew so much. And then, man, I, I had this weekend of like divine encounters, and I saw miracles and Man, I gave my life to the Lord three times that weekend. You know, it's like, oh, my gracious. Um, But the miracle power of God turned everything around for me. It woke me up. It convicted me of my sins. I mean, the the whole experience I was having with God that weekend was very transformational. Now, while we're still talking about signs, some of you might go, what about false signs and wonders shouldn't we be concerned about false signs and wonders should we be concerned about the counterfeit well of course we should of course we should we don't want to be following somebody you know um, that just levitates and whatever he's doing and floats around in this 
in the street and says, come follow me to the, a cave. Or I don't know. We don't, we don't want to just follow anybody, do we? But um, I, I, think, I think if you're following the Lord, you'll recognize that more easily. Someone told me one time, um, you know, if you want to learn how to detect counterfeit money, what they, what they used to do to teach people that, um, they would give them a whole lot of real dollars. And they'd have them handle the real dollars over and over and over. And then they would slip one in, a counterfeit. And they, it's because they knew the real that they could detect the counterfeit. And that's what it is with the Lord. When you know the, the Lord and you know the real, something that's not right, by the Lord, not by your mind, not by your Pharisee spirit and attitude, but by, by righteous discernment and judgment in the Lord, you recognize that because you know the Lord, right? Anyway, um, but it's not only important to recognize false signs and wonders, it's also important that we don't criticize the real ones. Are y'all with me? It's very important that you do not criticize the real things that God's doing. And I'll tell you this too, by the way, when God does something new and something new is getting ready to come, there's going to be an outpouring. And if it's like every other outpouring, there are going to be new things that happen and it's going to challenge the old. And there's going to be a lot of people that go, that's not God. Are y'all with me? Oh, that God wouldn't do that. You see, God loves to do things we think he wouldn't do because it reveals something in us. Have y'all ever heard the expression, God loves to offend the mind to reveal the heart? He does it all the time. He loves to offend our minds and we have to start working through it and it reveals our hearts and he ends up dealing with something on the inside of us, <laughs> right? So what did, the, what did offend the Pharisees? We could probably name a few things. But one major thing was Jesus healed on the Sabbath. That was something big back then, right? They're going, oh, he healed on the Sabbath. He is not of God. Can't be of God. He healed on the Sabbath. We got this down in the Scriptures. Remember, you can't work on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to do this. No way. He is not of God. He is not of God. He is not of God. You see, they were, they were sure about it. They were, and them saying that made them feel good about themselves. We don't have to change. We're right. He's wrong. And see, that's, that's what we want to do when we don't want to change. When God starts to do something, oh, no, we're with God. What that new thing is, that, that's not of God. Because a lot of times we don't want to change, and that makes us uncomfortable. And I tell you, I'm not looking forward to being uncomfortable, but I'm ready for it because I just know that happens at times when God leads us to do things and there's, our flesh is going, oh, no, don't, 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 that can't be you, God. And God goes, yes, that's me. And you, you need to embrace me to go into where I'm going. So anyway, I just want to encourage you, be very careful about the things that you criticize. Be very careful about the things that you come against. Um, I can remember, you know, when it, before I got saved, I can remember one of the things I thought I knew so much was about tongues. By the way, if you ever want to learn something from someone, learn something from someone that knows something about it, right? I learned all about tongues from people that know nothing about it. Never do it, but they're experts on it, right? So I became an expert on tongues. 
before I was serving the Lord. And so that's one of those things that I'm going, oh, no, that's not of God. And, you know, I could have the greatest reasonings against it. Oh, why do you even need that? Why can't God just prophesy? Why, why just prophesy or why not do it this way? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, and you could go reasoning. And then, I mean, even a, 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 a dimwit, right? Even, even someone that can't see very clearly could be able to reason enough to go, but wait a minute, if God initially did it, and you think maybe it's not happening now because it's not, not a smart thing. Does that mean it wasn't a smart thing when God initially did it? Oh, wait a second now, right? Anyway, that was one of the little things I had, you know, tongues. And then after I got saved, I remember, um, man, I'm, and I'm seeing miracles. I mean, things are happening, and I'm all excited about that. And then some people are getting some gold fillings. And, you know... And then they'd even go, well, it's in the shape of a cross on his tooth. Of course, now, I just want to say most feelings, it looks like most feelings are like that. So that, you know, but anyway, but people have gold feelings. And I'd go, man, maybe that's not God, because why would God do that? I mean, I look at the pride of what I was saying now, it's embarrassing, right? But I was going, why would God put gold in somebody's tooth? Why doesn't God put tooth back in that tooth? If that was God, he'd put tooth back in that tooth. He wouldn't put gold back in that tooth because what God made is the best. It's got to be better than gold. Why didn't, if gold was the best, God should have made us born with gold teeth. Right? Man, I had some good reasoning, didn't I? And then one time, one, one man looked at me and he goes, <laughs> he goes, hey, if God put the tooth back in there, don't you think it'll rot out just like it did the first time? He put the gold in there so it won't rot out next time. I'm going, okay, all right. And then I begin to think about it, and then I'm embarrassed because I'm going, oh, no. I begin to go, what am I doing? I think I can tell God he can't do it that way because there's a better way to do it. And so if it happens that way, it must not be God. Man, I just hope you can grasp what I'm saying because we all do this kind of thing all the time. And God's like, no, I put gold in there. But when I'm thinking about it, I'm going, I was coming against something God was doing. Are y'all with me? And you sit down and you go, oh, oh, ouch. Oh, God, I'm so, oh, I can't believe I was speaking against that. And you were doing it. Man. And so when you run th through things like that and the light comes on and, you're, and you begin to go, oh, oh, you have a, you, you're careful not to do that again. That just reminded me, this is a little off the story here, but it reminded me of the story I've shared with you before of one time I was, this is, I'd been saved like about a year and I went out with a couple of my friends that had gotten saved and one of them was in some weird kind of thinking and I said something sort of negative to the other guy after he left and man, my conscience got me. It's like you were gossiping about that guy and, and then I'm like, oh God, I'm sorry. And then, then I feel like God's saying, call him and apologize. But Lord, he didn't even know I did it. <laughs> and it kept, won't go away. It won't go away. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry I did that, God. I'm really sorry, Lord. Just for, it won't go away. I call him. Hey, uh, after you left, I said something about you. And the Holy Spirit told me it was bad. I had, and I had to call you. <laughs> now, let me tell you, when you go through things like that, you learn not to gossip again. 
Because you're thinking, oh no, God might even have me call him and say, hey, I'm sorry, I said something about you, a little negative, wrong-spirited. I wasn't really concerned about you. I, I don't know why I said, well, you know what I mean? You just learn to not do that. And if we actually knew that all that stuff is sort of carried with us in a way that we don't repent of, man, we'd be very careful to not, do, to not be doing stuff like that. Anyway, my point is, when the light comes on, we begin to grow out of fleshiness, right? Be careful about what you criticize. Be careful about what you put down. If you're speaking out against what the Holy Spirit is doing, He's not going to do it with you very much. Uh, are you with me? And if you speak out against who God is using, I mean, you just be, better be careful about that. You know, you, do, you ever think sometimes you don't agree with somebody? I'm, tell, I'm saying, now I believe if somebody's preaching some wrong doctrine, speak about that. Make it clear that's not right. Amen? I mean, uh, but just be careful about having a fault-finding spirit and you're upset. And you're speaking out again because guess you know what you're doing? What if what if that's God's friend? What if that guy has sacrificed so much and has just touched God's heart and how much they've served the Lord? You don't know what they've been through. You don't know what price they've paid uh, with the Lord. And then you be very careful with speaking out against people God's using. That's what just what I would say. I'm not saying you can't kindly say, you know, I disagree with this thing here, but we need to watch our spirits. And, and be careful what we're saying. And again, while I'm on this issue, I'll, I'll skirt off just for a real 30 seconds here. I'll mention a few other things that quench the spirit is too uh, while I get a chance to throw these little punches in. Um, uh, gossip will quench the spirit. Backbiting. People talking bad about one another. I can't, that is so, uh, such a horrible thing. And how it, how it is that we make that look noble when we're talking about somebody, right? Gossip, spreading division and disunity. I've seen that happen in church. I'm so thankful that doesn't happen in our church. At least I'm not aware of it, but I have seen it before. It's one of the most ugly things. And you can't, it's like the people that do that. It's almost like they they represent snakes. I mean, I'm, it's just unbelievable. And they're so self-righteous and justify themselves in doing that. People who are critical and fault-finding, Anyway, I, I could just go on and on about even Miriam and, and Aaron. You remember one time they spoke against Moses? And that, that blows my mind. You know, here Moses, Aaron, and uh, Miriam are serving God together. And Moses does something they don't agree with. It upsets them. And what do they do? They start gossiping about Moses. And they got in trouble for that. You remember Miriam and got like leprosy <laughs> you know oh lord we need to be very careful anyway so getting back to this first point now getting back off of my short rabbit trail there so we need to believe god for miracles they're very important peter prayed god do signs and wonders as we step out if if it's wrong to pray that peter was wrong to, why did he pray that at the beginning because he knows what happens he's seen jesus do it jesus sent him out to do it right and then he goes okay now the holy spirit's going to come you were under my umbrella because i was physically there now you're going to be under me in a different way the holy spirit's going to come out but you're going to have to you're going to have to press in now you're you're going to represent me differently and so he goes out and he's praying the same thing god do these miracles okay then he goes on to a second 
He goes on to a second thing here I want to mention. Um, now, up until now, what's he been doing? It says uh, they were falling because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. What kind of sign do you perform on a person who's diseased? You heal them. <laughs> That's the sign. So somebody, you go, whoa, look at that guy who didn't have a leg. He's got two legs now, right? Or whatever, or, or a disease, uh, some kind of sickness. People just getting up off their sick beds. And then it goes on. So um, down here, there's a, a lot of people come to hear Jesus. Um, there's a multitude there. And Jesus says to Philip, where should we buy bread that they can eat? And uh, it says he said this to test him because he knew what he was, was going to do. Well, we, we talked about that last week. And then Philip answers, hey, we don't have enough money. And then it says Jesus made him sit down and he fed him. Okay, what did he feed him with? He fed him with, what was it, five loaves? Yeah, five barley loaves and two small fish. It was enough to feed one young boy. Enough to feed one young fellow. Okay, so Jesus took the food. He does him another miracle. This time it's a different kind of miracle, though. He's not, he's not healing a body. This miracle is different in a few ways. Um, first of all, it's not a physical need in the same way. Um, these people didn't have to have that food. They would have made it home. You see, it's not like they were going to die. They would have made it home. Jesus fed them because he's being a good host. He saw them hungry and he just wanted to bless them. Think about that. He wants to bless them. So he's like, man, I don't want them to go hungry. They're hungry. We've been here a long time. They got to go home. Let's give them some food. We don't have any food. Make, let them go home and get right. You know, let's give them some food. And see, you know, it's amazing to me that that motivation makes Jesus go, there's got to be a way because I want to bless them. You see, when God gives you a desire to bless, don't go, don't start going, oh, there's no way. There, I, I don't have it. We don't ha just begin to say, okay, God, how? Amen. God gives you an idea for something. Don't go, oh, it can't happen. Just go, God, how? So anyway, this is a blessing. Remember, we were talking about the problems with blessing. Now, there's no problem so far, right? They've been following Jesus. He's doing miracles. He's healing people. They're going, wow, look at that person that got healed. Wow. But today's different. He breaks food and he, he's giving everybody food. And it wasn't say, let's look in this <laughs> down in verse 26 here. This is the next day. They come back, the crowd's growing. And all of them are there. And this is what he says to these people. Look, now you're seeking me, not because you saw the signs, which is what they used to do. Remember? Remember? They, were, they started out because they were watching signs. They were enthralled with God. He says, now you're seeking me because you ate the loaves and were filled. Don't labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures. Man, what an interesting story. Look at this. This story illustrates how quickly material, natural, this world blessings pull our attention away from God if we let them. Even when the blessings have come from God and they were God's will, 
they can be an issue in our lives. Do y'all see that? God gave them that food. God did that miracle for them. And yet, the very blessings that God gave them began to pull their hearts away from God because they started to get excited, not about, oh, wow, look what God's doing. They started going, oh, wow. Probably first, oh, wow, look at them multiplying the bed. Then, then they start to go, man, we can get more bread. We can get more bread. Now, do you remember all those loaves that were left over? We, hey, let's get some others. We, you can have some bread. That, you, you know, it's, it started to be a focus on you can have bread, more bread. So I wanted to share this because I feel like right now it's going to be such a time of increase and blessing and outpouring. I believe God's going to um, be blessing people's finances. I believe God's going to be opening doors of opportunity. I believe we're going to begin to see things begin to be lined up in front of us. I believe that the church is going to enter into a door of blessing that's going to really be wonderful. I mean, I, I can just see so many things happening. And I just want to encourage you right now. You have to make a decision before God blesses you that you're going to put those blessings in perspective and make him the focus. Are y'all with me? Because God can bless you, and then you start to make the blessing the focus, the material things the focus. And anytime you get too excited about the things that God gives you, if you understand what I'm saying, they will pull you away from your devotion to God. That is an amazing fact. So anytime God begins to move, it can even be in church. Church can move. Church can grow and expand. And before long, the ministry starts to go, oh, look how great we are. Look at all the, look at all, you know, how wonderful we are. You know, our focus can so easily turn. And when our focus turns to the material things, guess what? We lose our zeal for God. We lose our insight with God. We lose the, the, the connection that we have with God, and we lose our testimony. Now, there's one of the most interesting stories where this happened in the Bible, it's, and it's with Hezekiah. Hezekiah, I'll, just, I'll tell you the story. Maybe I'll go there. Maybe I'll just, I don't know. Anyway, Hezekiah, he was a king. He saw a lot of miracles happen. He believed God. He brought revival to the land. He preached. I mean, he was... He was bringing people to God, so to speak, through all the, the reforms that he did. And he had, he had a huge army come against him. He sought the Lord with all of his heart. This guy saw miracles, right? And then one day, he's sick. And Isaiah comes to him and he says, Hey, God just wants you to know you're going to die. And you can get your house in order. The guy, guy starts crying out to God, No, I'm not ready, God. No, I'm not ready. So God, you know, Isaiah comes back and says, Okay. God says, okay, you want to stay longer? Fine, right? Got to give you more time. So, um, and then he says this. He says, he says um, that he was going to give him a sign. And the sign was, let me see. He, I, let me just read part of this story in 2 Kings 20. Here the Lord tells uh, tells Isaiah, return and tell Hezekiah, I've heard your prayer, I've seen your tears, I'll heal you. And then he says this, 
what's this? Hezekiah says to Isaiah, what's the sign the Lord will heal me? And Isaiah says, this is the sign, and the Lord's going to do this. You know, he, he asked him what he wants. But anyway, to, to make a long story short, um, he asked that the sun go back, and Isaiah proclaims, if you look in the book of Isaiah, you see this, the sun's going to go back, backwards, 10 degrees. So Isaiah, the prophet, cried out to the Lord. By the way, this is really interesting. I want you all to think about this. This is another side story here. God prophesied the sun's going to go back, right? And then, and then the next verse, he goes, so Isaiah, the prophet, cried out to the Lord, and he brought the shadow 10 degrees backwards. He prayed what he just prophesied. That is so interesting. It happens all throughout Scripture. You know, sometimes God says he's going to do something, and, and a lot of times we have to pray it into the earth. He wants to do something, but he uses us as vessels to pray it in, but we know it's his will, so we know we're going to get it. Anyway, so we got this happen, and then, and then he gets well, and then there's another story that says that later the princes of Babylon were sent to Hezekiah. Because it says on one verse because he was sick, but in Chronicles it explains it in further depth. And it says that the princes of Babylon went to Hezekiah to inquire about the wonder that was done in the land. Verse 31 of chapter 32 in 2 Chronicles. In other words, this big sign happened in the earth. Think about it. The sun went backwards. When the sun went backwards, it didn't just go backwards in Israel. The sun went backwards 10 degrees over the whole earth. Somebody in Babylon heard it had to do with this man and his sickness. And they sent people to inquire, right? And if you look exactly what happens, it says that he goes... And what, what Isaiah ended up doing, because it says, Isaiah, excuse me, Hezekiah, he had great riches and honor, and he had made himself treasuries for silver and gold and all of this. So what he did was, when these people came about the sign, the Bible says Hezekiah spent all his time telling them about his stuff. Are y'all with me? Oh, look. Look at this stuff. Look at that. Hey, guys. Hey, look at, look at all this silver. man. Oh, and let me show you the shields. These are amazing. Look at these shields over here. Wow. What about the sign? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happened. The Bible doesn't emphasize that. It says God got upset at Hezekiah. Let me tell you what I think happened. God does an amazing sign. But Hezekiah gets so blessed with all this stuff, he pulls away from one of the biggest miracles in history. It's no longer that big of a deal to him anymore, and he's wrapped up in the things of this world, and that's what he's excited about. When the people come, instead of him having something to tell him about God, he's not excited about that anymore. He's excited about this, and that's what he's doing. Do you see how what Jesus was telling those people is exactly what happened to Hezekiah? A man of God, a man that knew miracles, a man that knew prayer, 
All he had to do was be super blessed. And guess what? His heart pulled away from God. Yes, he still loves the Lord. Yes, he's still a believer. But guess what? That fire's not there. So what did Jesus tell these people? He tells them this. He says, don't labor for the food that perishes. Now, does that mean you're not supposed to go out and work? No, it doesn't mean you're not supposed to go out and work. But he's saying that energy on the inside of you, that zeal, you don't need to just be in money, more, more money, more stuff. You need to pull away from that. Did not God say he would give you that if you'd focus on him? I'm not saying you don't pray for it. I'm not saying you don't ask God to bless you. Sure, you need to ask that. You need to believe Him. But then you need to put your focus on the things of God and you've got to pull away from the things of this life. If you don't do it, I guarantee you, you are trapped by it right now. Every single one of us have that issue. Our flesh is wired that way. If you don't pull away from this world, its troubles and its blessings and even the blessings of God to focus on the greatest thing of all, which is God himself, the miracles that God's doing, the revelation of who God is, what God's doing in the earth, to see God and all of that. If you don't pull away from this life, come back to that, you're going to miss it. How do you do that? There's a verse that says, have you ever hear this verse that goes, if you're, have you ever heard somebody say, if you're willing to do my will, you'll know the doctrine? It actually says, if you will, to do my will, then you'll know. If you'll will to do my will, if you'll will, what does it mean to will to do something? It means to resolve to do something. A lot of people go to the Lord and go, oh, I'm willing, oh, I'm willing, I'm willing, Lord, but God would have to hit them with a hammer to get them to wake up and do something. God's like, I want you to resolve to do what I've already told you to do. The little things that you get out of the Word, the little things like what I just shared with you, for example. You have to force yourself to not labor for the things that perish, to not get all wrapped up in the things that perish. That is a word from God. God says, if you will will to do it, then the blessing will come on the other side. Are y'all with me? Will to do the will of God. You have to, make, you have to resolve in your heart. Every day, I'm going to line up my life with the Lord. I'm going to pull away from the, from the forces and powers of distractions all around me and success. And I'm saying this because I can just see the potential of a lot of blessings coming into people's lives, right? A lot of us. I just believe that. And God says, if you're not careful, your blessings will become a curse. How do you do that? I finish with this right here. How do you, how do you keep that resolved? How do you make it happen? I love what Jesus did. He did it actually in this chapter. He's, he does it in other places. Man, he starts to get momentum. He starts to get momentum. More people getting healed. And believe me, Jesus is loving this. Remember, he's ministering and he goes, man, I just love to do God's work. I just, it just, it's so fulfilling. He's seeing people turn around. He's seeing people repent. He's seeing people come to God. He's seen people begin to believe in him. It's, it's amazing. The crowds are getting bigger. The crowd, and he's loving it. God's in this. This is the blessing of the Lord. But then it would say, and then they would want to make him king. He saw that. And so he pulled away, not just from the people, but he pulled away. And it says he pulled away unto God. Now, 
People don't recognize and think about Jesus' natural nature much. For example, they think he was omnipotent, and he wasn't. He said that. He said, I'm not omniscient either. I only do what God tells me to do. I only do what I see my Father do. I only know what he tells me. That's, That's the way he lived, right? So he had a fleshly nature. The Bible even said he endured temptation. He's in the wilderness, and guess what? The devil is tempting him in the wilderness. If the temptation wasn't real, then it wouldn't be a temptation, would it be? And one of the temptations was what? I'll give you all these kingdoms. That's it. That was a temptation. Are y'all with me? So when Jesus sees this, it says they wanted to make him king. I believe there is Satan again saying, here's your opportunity right here. You see what I'm saying? Here's your opportunity. You see it's growing. You see how big it is? You see what's, you see what's happening in this world? Oh, here's your opportunity. Guess what Jesus does? He pulls away. In another place, one of, one of the times he does this, <laughs> one of the times, man, everything's growing, and Andrew and Peter are so excited. A Greek has come now. They're, all this uh, you know, group of Greeks are coming. Oh, man, it's crazy. It's going beyond the Jewish people. Look, look, look what's going on. Oh, oh, Jesus. Da, 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 da. And then Jesus says the most strange thing, and he starts talking about, unless you die, you're not going to multiply. Unless the kernel of wheat die, and you're going, What? He's talking to himself, not only to them. Are y'all with me? He's going, you know what? That's not my role. My role right after in this season, I have to lay all this down. Man, that's so powerful. It keeps him in perspective. He always kept God first. Had he started running after the blessings, look what he would have missed out on. Look what we would have missed out on, theoretically. Are y'all, just see what I'm saying? You know what you miss out on when you start running after the blessings? You miss out on God's ultimate intention for your life. You don't have to run after the blessings. I mean, yes, believe God for them. Yes, go forward. But you make sure your alignment is with God and you're willing to lay down whatever, do whatever, go whatever, because this will always be more important than this, no matter how big it is, no matter how wonderful it is. No matter even how much God is in it, whether it's ministry, a blessing God gave you, you this always has to be aligned to be more important than this. Amen. All right. So here we are. The importance of signs and wonders. We need to be believing that we need to be open and humble to what God might be doing, (laughs) you know, when he does new things. Um, And then what was the second thing? I can't remember. I see preach a message. I, I don't get upset when people don't remember my message. I can't remember what I preached 15 minutes ago. So, you know, first of all, we're we're pulling toward that. And secondly, who can tell me what my second one was? Not one. See, not a one of you can remember. The problem with blessings. Oh, yeah, that's right. See, I just said that. The problem with blessings. Because I had that stuck on three. The problem with blessings, we want blessings, they're coming. And then the third thing, amen, the need for realignment and resolve. Realignment and resolve. There'll never be a time when you don't need that, by the way. Never. Man, when God can be moving, doing more things, you need more than ever to have the resolve to disconnect from that and to stay connected here. I believe so many people, when ministry begins to flow, I know this sounds weird, that's when they disconnect. It's too easy. It's happening. But they're not hearing the nuances of what God's saying. 
Man, whatever you learn in the difficult times, you better carry into your prosperous times. Amen? Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we pray you bless us, bless us, bless us. We desire the blessings of the Lord. We want your presence. God, we want to see you. And Lord, right now we do pray. Oh, God, we ask you for the power of the Holy Spirit to be poured out afresh. Lord, we pray that you would ignite our lives with the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray you'd give us ears to hear the Holy Spirit, eyes to see what, the, what you are doing. Lord, we pray you'd make us sensitive to God and, and sensitive to, to um, the true, that we will recognize what is true, what is of God, and that we would, we would not um, uh, come against it or shun it or be ashamed of it. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that we thank you, God, that blessings are coming. Lord, we thank you. This is a time and season of increase. It's going to be increase. Increase is coming. Lord, the sound of it is already close. Lord, increase is coming. Increase is coming. Increase is coming. Oh, God, we thank you for it. I just sense God so much. And increase, increase, increase. And Lord, we just want to thank you. Lord, even in advance, whatever you give to us, Lord, we just offer it back up to you in praise and thanksgiving. And Lord, it's all about you. But we thank you, God, for the things you're bringing into our lives. And Lord, we pray, God, please help us. Help us, God, to understand how to will to do your will. Not just say, oh, well, Lord, I'm willing. Lord, teach us how to do it. Give us the resolve we need in Jesus' name. Amen.